of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A recent poll from the Pew Research Center, uh, conducted between 2011 and 2017, <coughs> concluded that, I quote, a growing share of Americans say it's not necessary to believe in God to be moral. And this increase from 2011 to 2017 was from 49% to 56%. And another interesting factor is that among these people who do believe that uh, you can have morality without God, there is a significant and steady increase of those who... Um, do not identify with any religion. And that's from 18% to 25%. And also in this group of people who believe that, there's a slight increase in people who do identify with religion and believe this, from 42% to 45%. And this is just from 2011 to 2017. So what are we to make of these statistics? This shows us that more and more people believe today that their individual standards of morality are more important than uh, God's standards. And this is an important distinction because in order to approach God, we need to follow His standards, not ours. So maybe today it's time to re-examine our standards lest our morals will be slowly reshaped by our modern society and its tendency to, towards self-righteousness. So allow me today to talk about how to properly approach God and what is the right standard. <coughs> when it comes to morality and <coughs> our relationship with the divinity, there are two types of approaches. It's the moralistic and the relativistic type. And these approaches correspond to two types of people. The religious people and the liberated people. The religious people believe uh, that by upholding God's standards, then they will uh, inherit the kingdom of heaven. So they try everything to do to observe the standards. And the liberated ones believe that our salvation comes from listening to our hearts, from finding our true self, and not from following some external moral standards. And the best example of these two types is found in today's Gospel reading, in the parable of the two sons. I know we usually concentrate our attention on the prodigal son that left home. But this story is about two prodigals. And the one that left home went to live a free life away from the watchful eye of his father. But nevertheless, the story intends to show us the two different types of relationship with God. And in this case, none of them is good. <coughs> you 
Now remember the context of this parable. The Pharisees and the religious leaders of the Jewish people were very upset with the Lord, with Jesus, and they were also very jealous. Wherever he was going, Jesus was attracting these massive crowds of people, sinners ready to repent. And he was more successful in converting these people than the Pharisees, the, the leaders, the, 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 the scribes, um, the religious types, the moralists. So in order to help the Pharisees understand their problem, Jesus tells them this parable of the two sons, the two prodigals. And notice that I use the plural, not one, but two prodigals, the liberated and the religious. The younger brother, the liberated, who left home to live a carefree life is the liberated and free. The older brother who was upset when the younger one returned home is the religious, the moralistic one, the one who decided to obey his father so he can inherit his wealth. They both had a target on their father's wealth. But the older brother could not find compassion in his heart when the younger one came home. Now this distinction was meant to be a direct rebuke to the scribes and the Pharisees who considered themselves righteous before God, but unable to forgive and have compassion to those who were afflicted by sin and were ready to come back and repent. So now we understand why this parable is actually meant to target the religious types, the moralists. Those of us who think that by simply living a moral life, fulfilling the precepts of the Christian faith, keeping all the fasting periods, giving alms, getting involved in the ministries, coming to church every Sunday, will automatically entitle us to receive blessings from the Lord. But that's not what the Lord wants from us. He wants our religious observance to change our hearts. To move us towards compassion, towards love for God and for others. And not to, judge, to be judgmental with those who live in sin or even worse. To proclaim ourselves as righteous. While the religious ones may consider those who do not live a Christian life as outcasts, sinners who deserve, punish, who deserve punishment, the liberated ones have the same feeling about the moralists. And they think that they live in a different world and they are boasting and are judgmental hypocrites who will be punished by God for their self-righteousness. And yet, the scripture tells us what the Scripture tells us is totally different than either one of these faulty approaches and than what many of us believe. It tells us that the humble will inherit the kingdom of heaven, not the proud. And remember, at the end of the last Sunday Scripture reading, the very last verse, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. So now we see more clearly that there are two ways in which we can alienate ourselves from God. Not just by living a sinful, careless, disregarding 
God's morals, but also by being religious, outwardly observing God's commandments, yet lacking compassion inside, in our hearts, lacking humility, seeking praise, feeling entitled to receive blessings from God. And that's why it is important for us to come to church. And where we come to church to be reminded today that it is not our outward religious observance that saves us, but whether or not it made a difference in our hearts, if it changed us. The older brother never left the home and never disobeyed his father, yet he was unable to show humility and compassion for his returning brother. Now this shows us that he was a prodigal as well. He was in his father's house, yet his heart was estranged from his love. <clears throat> he expected praise for himself and rebuke for his younger son, his younger brother. Now how many of us feel the same? How many of us who come to church regularly and live a moral life believe that our morality will automatically save us and feel entitled to blessings? How many of us look at others who live in sin and feel superior and righteous? Brothers and sisters, as we notice in that Pew Research poll, there is a growing number of people among us in our society who run away from God, religious types included. More and more people believe in salvation without God's help. More and more people believe in their own moral standards. So, let us pay attention today to this story that Jesus tells us, to this parable. And this is how we should properly approach God, with a spirit of humility and compassion for the others. Amen. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit.